Hey there friends, it's Nick. I need to apologise because you're getting a lot of phone episodes, recorded on the phone episodes at the moment uh, for various reasons. I hope the audio quality is okay. Anyway, I was thinking about, there was this classic Far Side cartoon, Gary Larson cartoon in the 90s. And I can see it in my mind's eye now. It's, uh, you're looking at a school building and the sign in front of the building says something like the Midvale School for the Gifted, I think it was. And... There's a door set into the wall and pushing on this door like really hard is this typical fat Gary Larson far side human kid with books under his arm. And the joke, of course, is that although it's Midvale School for the for the gifted, he's pushing on a door with a sign <laughs> with a sign that says pull and a handle. And I remember this cartoon really resonating for me because in in the late 80s, when I was at college, there actually was, there were, there were doors in one of the corridors which had handles on both sides, even though, obviously, you push them on one, on one side, which never made sense to me. And it, and it sort of, I noticed it in a way that I'd never noticed this thing before, because when you've got a handle, you pull, and when you've got a plate, you push. And it just, it just really threw me. And it, for the first time, I thought about that logic. I'd never thought about that design before. But it turns out, I'm reading this fascinating book called User-Friendly at the moment, and it turns out that a lot of the kind of design that we take for granted in terms of usability isn't actually that old. The, um, the book starts with this fascinating uh, investigation, really, into the nuclear meltdown at Three Mile Island in the US. And it really focuses on the control room. And it turns out that in that control room, they had none of the, the usual kind of design affordances, I'll talk about that in a minute, that, that help humans actually engage with what's happening in this massively complicated, uh, massively important machine. They had none of the kind of stuff that we take for granted now if we were looking at our you know, our smartphones and, you know, when you touch a button on a smartphone, it might buzz, it might vibrate slightly, certainly something visual will happen. And when you looked at the, when you go into what happened at Three Mile Island, you know, essentially it comes down to what, you know, somebody at some point misreading a dial. It turns out they had like the red lights in there. There were 14 different meanings for a red light, depending on where it were, where it was. And... Another example, which I think is really fascinating, is the American Flying Fortress, the kind of workhorse bomber, I think, of the Second World War. I'm not um, super bright on military stuff, but I think it's the Second World War. The bomber recorded something like 450-ish crash, was it? crashes, was it? Something like that in a, in a few years. And it re the reason they were happening, the pattern that they eventually found, was this this thing, because the... I need to get this right, but I probably won't. But the essentially the the control for the air flaps was next to and the same as the control looking the same as the control for the landing gear. And what happened is pilots were continually getting the lever wrong. And I mentioned affordances earlier on. I mean, one of the books I did read, I think probably the early 90s, was the design of everyday things by Don Don Norman, who was kind of the the kind of the guru of the kind of the the design for usability kind of movement, certainly of physical things. A friend of mine, 
Matt is a friend of his, which is kind of cool. Anyway, the one of the things they did with the, the Flying Fortress was to redesign the levers. Eventually, eventually, they redesigned the levers to look like the things they were controlling and have that kind of visual sense and tactile sense. So the landing gear looked a bit like a wheel and the, the air flaps looked a bit like a flap. And you can see how, just like the the you know the handles to pull and the plates to push, that kind of simple change makes things better. And it it turns out that the you know for, for, until really almost after the Second World War, there wasn't a lot of this kind of design thinking about. And you can look at companies that made it massive. I mean, Apple is is obviously the classic example of a company that put usability right at the top to the point where they nicked things like the point and click interface um, and if you if you look at what they do now I mean it's all about making complicated things easy right all about making complicated things easy and it just made me think I've been I mean I think I think my website's pretty clear but one of the things that we know is that when people don't know how something is supposed to work they're much more likely to break it you know that's an insight from Kind of user testing and software testing so it's really worth looking at our websites and i do this with mine all the time or our apps if you've got an app or our offices if you've got an office and thinking about how how we might improve it how we might just make these small design changes that could really improve the lives of the people that we seek to serve maybe ourselves maybe our prospects or our partners or our colleagues and I'm, I really recommend this book user-friendly it's called I, I forget the author off the top of my head but um, it's fascinating fascinating book I'm really looking forward to I've read about a, maybe a third of it and I'm really looking forward to diving into the rest anyway thanks for listening remember that your story means business and if you want to dig deeper into what I do search online for story.business bye now